Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com, slash Todd Huff Show. I think we're still on there. Who knows? You never know with these folks. It is good to be here. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. I do want to say off the top here that there are – today what I want to talk about is – as we have sound coming through, there we go. I do want to talk about um, – I want to talk about – I'm just, just distracted here by a story that I um, want to mention this morning since it's happened here locally in Indianapolis. Uh, but what what I want to talk about today is this strategy that the Democrat Party, the radical left has to remake America. I'm going to put together some of the things that we've talked about uh, and expand upon some of those things and maybe talk about a few new things. But I do want to mention off the top um, a breaking news story that, um, again, we're still getting information about but since it's happened i'm local to indianapolis look i know we have listeners all around uh, the country actually the world with the podcast but um, here locally not far from where i am located there was um, a shooting at a fedex facility here in indianapolis that left eight people at least eight people dead according to the headline here at at fox news multiple injured in a shooting at a FedEx facility. And I just want to mention that off the top um, of the program, very, very sad, um, tragic situation. And, of course, there's information will be coming in as as far as details. And, of course, this will, um, you know, be another part of the conversation that, folks are having about um you know gun control and so forth but we don't i don't really know much of anything here detail wise other than the headline that the shooter the alleged shooter apparently died from a a self-inflicted gunshot wound according to impd um four people were hospitalized one person with critical injuries so developing story, but I do want to mention that off the top since it's happened here locally, and I know many of you listening to my voice um, are local to this area, and I just wanted to make sure that we touched on that this morning. So tragic news, terrible situation, um, and of course more will come out from from the story as time as time moves along. So let us. Now talk about what I was preparing to talk about this morning, which was which is which is the strategy 
and the tactics that are being employed by the radical left to re to basically remake America. That's where we are today with the, today's Democrat Party. They want to change and fundamentally remake. This is what build back better really means as much as build back better means anything. It means let's make America more like more like Europe, more like um well, less like itself and more like places that think the government can solve all problems, more well, less like freedom and more like Again, places that think the government can solve all of its problems. So there's a lot of things, a lot of things going on. And some of these things are, I've mentioned, in fact, at the end of yesterday's program, I told you three things that I was going to address to some degree here over the next days and weeks to come. One of those is D.C. statehood. Another one of those is the packing of the court. I mentioned reparations, which reminds me of George Costanza telling Jerry that he owed him reparations in an episode of Seinfeld back in the 90s. We've got this voter fraud legislation. They want to say every piece of legislation Republicans create is voter suppression legislation. They want to introduce voter fraud legislation through H.R. 1 the so-called For the People Act, there's an all-out war going on. And it's you combine this with what we learned about Project Veritas, which I want to talk about as well. James O'Keefe, we've played some of his, uh, some of his expose of CNN. James O'Keefe has been permanently banned, permanently banned from Twitter. Permanently banned from Twitter. Now, you might wonder why. James O'Keefe has been permanently banned from Twitter. But really all you need to know is that James O'Keefe was exposing CNN. That's effectively the reason and rationale. They did say, they being Twitter, they accused James O'Keefe here of violating Twitter rules. In fact, they said that he was creating fake accounts and that sort of thing. He has sued them. In fact, he released a video last night saying that he is suing Twitter. Right here it is. I am suing Twitter for defamation because they said I, James O'Keefe, operated fake accounts. This is false. This is defamatory, and they will pay. Section 230, again, James O'Keefe says, may have protected them before, but it will not protect them from me. The complaint will be filed Monday. Please follow me on Telegram, and then he's got his Telegram, um, whatever handle or whatever you call it. Stay tuned, he said. They say here, Twitter. This is this is their statement. Twitter just picked a battle with someone that won't stand for their crap. <laughs> time to use a uh, time to sue so that we can put an end to the lies and deception that these organizations so often get away with. He's right as well. And they do try to get away with things. And it's all done under the guise of just what is the right thing, right? The, the way that they portray this. There's, so you have all these issues percolating in the background, and they're, they're coming to the forefront too for those that pay attention. But not only that, 
Not only that, we've got a media that is in full force and and full speed ahead here in trying to make sure that they direct you, direct me, direct the American people to come to the conclusion that the things that the Democrat Party is saying today is the way that we should go. And that includes that includes now creating a Supreme Court with 13 justices that's adding four to the nine that we have today. In fact, they had a press conference yesterday, pretty embarrassing press conference, but that's to be expected from the party that gives us President Joe Biden, excuse me, the young geriatric president, as CNN says. So we have all this stuff going on, and then to boot, you have a media that is designed by definition, by their own admission in this expose by James Key, James O'Keefe, they are telling us, if we simply pay attention, that they are trying to get a desired result from the American people, that they want people to come to a certain conclusion. And that conclusion, my friend, always, without doubt, without fail, is that government can solve your problems. You should give up liberty for a little security. You should pay more taxes because the government needs to do X, Y, Z, well, a lot more than X, Y, and Z for somebody else. Um, They want to divide and conquer. That's why there's identity politics. The media helps carry the proverbial water for all of this stuff, all of this stuff because they are ideologically in line with the Democrat Party, and they like they like the idea of uh, of just having a, a more power, more control, more influence. That's why journalists. There are few, so few journalists today. CNN even admitted it. That guy on tape with the exposed CNN stuff was basically said was basically saying that we're looking for people who um, are prepared to say what we want them to say. Anchors and reporters were looking for people who almost unwillingly go out there and say it unknowingly, go out there and say and do the things that we want them to say and do. And so it's a perfect storm. So there's D.C. statehood, there's reparations, there's voter fraud legislation. There is the filibuster, right, the elimination of the filibuster suddenly Suddenly, all the intellectuals are stroking their chins and thinking of, maybe it's time to eliminate the filibuster. If Donald Trump would have suggested this, this would have been an attempt to overthrow democracy, destroy our nation, threaten our very fabric and of, of our nation, our society. That would have been done. That would have been screamed from the rooftops by the likes of CNN and others. We've also got packing the cord and, of course, this idea of building back Better. So we're going to go through those today, talking a little bit about each one of these because it's a multi, again, a multi front attack, multifaceted. As I've said before, they can see the finish line. They can, they can see the finish line. And the finish line is permanent power, a permanent majority, not having to worry about any real competition or threat to their power for probably a generation, maybe even more than that. They longed for the days where they had single-party rule of Congress for decades, back before the 
what, the Republican Revolution in the 90s, I guess. They long for those days. They're looking forward to reestablishing that authority and power and pushing through their even more radical agenda than what it was back in those days. So that is where we are. I want to go through some of these things and explain the dangers of these things, why the American people need to be paying attention, and how the media is candidly helping to promote these really dangerous, in some cases completely un-American ideas. So timeout is in order. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am, by the way. I am, by the way. America's realities are back here in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, I want to mention here the program. This program is brought to you in part, in part by our friends at the Scott Veerkamp team. I had the pleasure of meeting Scott. I've known him a little bit, uh, but Scott is a great guy, and he's come onto this program um, as as one of our sponsors. And um, he is a realtor here in Central Indiana. Served. Indianapolis and the surrounding areas since 1993. Franklin, Greenwood, Fishers, Carmel, Lawrence, Danville, Plainfield, Avon, you get the idea. Scott is a great guy, very successful in what he does. Look, and I know folks, most folks know a realtor, but I think it's important when you're selling something as large and as big as your home to find someone who really can get you the most for it, can get it sold quickly, can get it sold, um, can navigate all the, you know, today's world, there's so many buyers that are flooding to the scene. To, To navigate that, to price it properly, to make sure that you get what you should get, and to place you, to find you a place as well. And Scott and his team will help you do that. So, Scott Veerkamp, that's V-E-E-R-K-A-M-P, scottveerkamp.com, 317-446-9398. It's good to have him with the program. So let us go back here to what we were talking about in the first segment. In the first segment, which was basically the all-out assault on... Well, on on America, really. I've mentioned <clears throat> I've mentioned D.C. statehood. I've mentioned reparations, the H.R. one, which is the For the People Act, filibuster being removed potentially from um, from the Senate, packing the court, and America building back better. I want to start. I want to start with. The Supreme Court and packing that organization, that that branch of government. So there is nothing in the Constitution that says that there should be a certain number of justices on the Supreme Court. In fact, there's been instances where the number has changed over time, but it's been it's been not say stock, but we've been at nine for quite some time, and now suddenly the Democrat Party because 
as they say, there's a six to three conservative majority, want to fix that. In fact, they want you to believe that having six justices on the Supreme Court is a is itself packing packing the Supreme Court. It, it's amazing to me. And they folks, when they say these stupid things, they have focus grouped this stuff. This stuff works on certain on certain voters. This stuff is apparently is apparently helpful to the Democrats and their focus groups and studies and so forth. So people think people think, well that doesn't sound right. Why should conservatives get more justices than liberals? So for starters, the Supreme Court is supposedly apolitical. The Supreme Court is supposed to be apolitical, meaning their job is to interpret the law, not to apply or create the law. It is to apply the law. It is not to uh, create law simply because they want it to be the case. That's not the way that it works. So in one sense, and I've said it on here before, in one sense, it should not matter if every justice would simply interpret the law as intended by the people that wrote the law, by the people who wrote the Constitution. Then it really, truly would not matter if there were nine conservatives or nine liberals. Now, that probably makes you uh, cringe to hear me say that, to say a court full of liberals should not be a problem in a perfect world. It is a problem in reality because of how they decide to basically create law out of whole cloth. Tell us that they're going to cite foreign law, Harry Potter novels, or whatever else they want to get the desired result that they are seeking, which is, of course, the desired result the Democrat Party and the radical left are seeking today. And so in reality, in reality, it is a problem when there's liberal justices because the liberal justices are activist judges, meaning they don't simply follow the law. They tell us what they should, uh, what they want to be the case. Again, I've gone through this before. The, the two most glaring examples to me are Roe versus Wade, which they you know, create stuff out of whole cloth, and uh, the same-sex marriage rulings. Now, you can come to those decisions, or we could America could have created legislation where, you know, that basically the court could have interpreted a law that said same-sex marriage was legal, or they could have interpreted a law that, if it existed, that said Roe versus Wade was really the law of the land. But these were things that were forced upon the American public by the courts. By interpreting things, creating things, not interpreting things, or you could say interpreting things that were not there. This is the same court, by the way, that finds it impossible to find anything in the Constitution about the right of individual American citizens to keep and bear arms. They want to tell us what that the Second Amendment doesn't really mean what it says, which, by the way, is not hard to understand. It's hard. To, they want you to think it's hard to understand because they want you to apply it in a way that it's not written to be implied. They want you to think that the only people that are supposed to have guns in this nation are people who are serving in the militia who we don't have anymore. So really, that's not it for anybody. That's one of the arguments that I've heard presented by the radical left. 
And so by packing the court, by giving themselves four more justices, well, how convenient is this, by the way? <laughs> how, how You talk about an example of wanting a desired outcome and then trying to create a, an argument around that desired outcome. The, the current county, if you listen to the radicals to the left, it's six conservatives, three liberals on the Supreme Court. Now, I really question that because John Roberts is far from a conservative justice. It's probably, you could say, six or five to three to one who's doing whatever, flipping quarters or whatever, uh, changing opinions like he did in the Obamacare case, John Roberts. So there may be, there may be five justices that are conservative, but then you see some of these rulings, and sometimes you only see two conservatives, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito. And on top of that, we really don't know necessarily at this point uh, where Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and especially Amy Coney Barrett are going to consistently end up because some justices change over time. They do. I mean, I'm reminded of, say, Sandra Day O'Connor. There's others that have even moved further, usually to to the left. I don't see many becoming more conservative. I don't know if they get in D.C. and they feel the societal or the cultural or the political pressures or what happens. They get inside the bubble. I'm not entirely sure, but that these folks can, of course, change their viewpoints over time, which is equally disturbing, I will will add. But, but, this concept – of six to three is kind of where they're starting. There's six conservative justices, they'll say, and that's what they said yesterday at their silly little press conference. Jerry Nadler says, you know, hey, there's 13 circuits. There used to only be nine circuits, so that's why there were nine justices. So let's have 13 justices. And, of course, I guess we have the right. We're just going to appoint all four. We'll do it fairly. (laughs) We'll do it fairly. But just do the math. Republicans have six. Democrats have three. If Democrats get four more of their appointees, what does that come out to be? Just enough, just enough, seven to six for control of the Supreme Court, right? And when I tell you that they can see the finish line, that is what they're looking at. They're thinking, how do we take control of the court? How do we ensure that we have a lifetime, basically, control a stranglehold on this nation and have a permanent majority for the foreseeable future. That's where HR one comes into play, but packing the Supreme court. I mean, it's, it is so patently obvious for anybody who wants to pay any attention. Democrats say that they have a six to three Republicans, conservatives have a six, three majority. They've somehow magically found just like Chuck Schumer's team magically found a way to use the filibuster uh, through some, uh, through re- applying and reinterpreting Senate rules. Likewise, they've now found a way to find exactly four more justices, which surprisingly and just ironically would give them a 7 6 majority on the court. Isn't this nice? Isn't this just a perfect little fit for the, uh, the utopia that we often hear the left telling us about? Just a perfect little snug fit. And this is what they're out there trying to do. Again, they're trying to make this sound normal. They're trying to make this sound, uh, you know, just eh, this is something we should really consider. These arguments are very, very sound. We need to we need to think about this. The court is a mess. 
Trump did, they said. They, Trump stole two. Republicans stole. We stole two seats on the court. Of course, they're still furious about Kavanaugh taking Attorney General Merrick Garland's seats. And then, of course, that's not reality, by the way. That's not how that works. We've been through that. And then, of course, of course, Amy Coney Barrett being um, confirmed to fill the vacancy left by Ruth Bader Ginsburg just months before the 2020 election. They're very furious about that. But the thing is, there was nothing stolen. The rules were followed. They did what they 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 went through the normal channels and they got justices affirmed or confirmed, I should say. And back to the Merrick Garland situation, the Senate has a role in the process. They didn't want to consider an Obama nominee during an election year. They totally have the prerogative of doing this. They told the American people it became an election issue. People could vote. In fact, it's one of the reasons Trump won the election was that people decided that they wanted to have conservative justices. There were people that held their nose and voted for Trump simply because of that one issue. The Senate has a job, and they did it. You don't have to agree with it. You could vote against them and vote them out. And then this year, because they wanted they, they the, the majority power, I should say, last year with Amy Coney Barrett, the Senate said, we want to hear. Advise and consent is the role. I said this back in 2016. They told President Obama, we advise you not to send us a nominee to approve or to, to confirm for the Supreme Court seat because you will not receive our consent. That's what they told him. Totally constitutional. With President Trump in 2020, with the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett, they told him, we advise you to send us a nominee quickly so that we can go through the process. And if she meets the criteria, we will confirm her and give our consent. This is very simple to understand. This is where political power does matter. And it was exercised within the uh, within the rules and the intent of the Constitution. The left just doesn't like it. Now they want to say we stole seats, and now in return they get to pack the court, almost making it, folks, almost making it 50% larger than it is today from going to from nine justices to uh, to 13. That's what they think is fair and just. And if we don't, we will lose our democracy. And this, by the way, this is being this is being introduced now, even before Biden's stupid little commission makes its ruling. So time out is in order. Sit tight. You're listening to conservative, not better talk. Be careful out there. My attorneys want me to tell you that listening to this program can, in fact, cause you to lean to the right back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So we talked about packing the court. A little bit. Now, all, any of these we could we could literally spend, I mean, hours discussing any of these issues. So we have to kind of go quickly here on the high points. The other thing that's out there percolating in the background is D.C. statehood. D.C. statehood. This is something that they're clamoring for. In fact, um, this is, again, silencing the people, as they tell us. We're not letting the people 
of D.C. have a voice in Congress. And so they've actually proposed uh, a bill in D.C. to make Washington, D.C. a state. It's going to be voted on in the House. And basically, as I understand it, the legislation, by the way, came out of committee along party lines, 25 to 19. Um, And as long as the filibuster is in force, then there's really no way um, that this will pass. But, folks, we're we're hanging by a thread here. And some people think, well, why shouldn't D.C. be a state? I got some information on that. I got some things to share with you about this. This is not entirely a new issue. This has been... From the beginning, something that has caused various opinions. But when D.C. was created, the District of Columbia, note that it was not a state. It was it was drawn out to be the shape of a square, or I guess a diamond, with 10 miles along each of the four sides. So it was 10 by 10, by 10 100 square miles, right? 100 square mile um city or district, I guess you would say, that was carved out of two states. It was carved out of two states. It was carved out of Maryland, and it was carved out of Virginia. And so that is where the District of Columbia, the how the, the seat of our federal government would be would be located. It was designed to be a place for the government. And they didn't want the government to be a part of any state because there might be a tendency for that federal government to show favor, uh, you know, some sort of a favoritism to the state which in which it's located. And so they carved it out and they said, here you go. It's right along, um, you know, the, the river here in, in, in the D.C. area. It's not far from the, the, Chess- well, the Chesapeake Bays right there. Just, it's conveniently located right on the border between these two states carve it out of each of the two states, make it its own place for the the you know stated purposes of being the place of federal government. This this land would not be a state. That's important to understand, right? And so over time, over time, and there's I don't have time to go into the history of this, but suffice it to say that the Virginia part of the D.C., Washington, D.C., was given back, was was given back or taken back from, from D.C. to Virginia. So then that diamond became even smaller. I think D.C. is something like 62 or 63 square miles now, so not quite half of it, but close to half of it was taken back, and that's now modern-day Alexandria, Virginia. That's where you'll find, what, George Mason University and these sorts of things. But that used to be part of Washington, D.C. Note what happened. This, to me, is all you need to know about this. What happened to the part of D.C. that no longer was D.C., right? When it, it, it Did it become a different state? No, it did not become a different state. It went back to the state which first gave it to the federal government. That is what happened. And if you know that, my friends... If you know that, then you know enough, I think. Now, there's a little bit more to this. But you know enough to understand what should happen here. If the folks in D.C. that, that live in you know the, the larger 
the larger area, and you know, the, this legislation is talking about shrinking the size of act- of actual DC to like you know the the mo- basically the, like the federal mall area where the monuments are, the White House and Congress and so forth, shrinking it down to that area, and then everything else become the state of whatever they'll call this thing, state of chaos. But they've that's the plan. Well, that's fine. If if that's what the Congress wants to do, then let the people go back to the state, which originally donated the land. Now, some will say, well, the Maryland doesn't want them. Maryland doesn't want them. Just let that sink in for a moment. But what else? I mean, why? What? What? That's that's why do we need to create a new state over this? That is the place that from which this land came, it should go back to, it's not complicated. <clears throat> why do they, why do I bring this up? Because this is another tactic, another part of their larger strategy to gain power and control. This would give them two senators, and I don't know the number of representatives. It would at least give them one, but they're, it's bigger than population-wise than Wyoming and I think Vermont is what I read. So I know Wyoming only has one. So I potentially could have two. I don't know. I think it might be only one congressman. So, but so what? Why are we, and th- those are guaranteed to be not just Democrats, but radical leftists. 90 plus percent of Washington, D.C. votes for Democrats for president and all these other things anyway. But this is designed, again, to give them more power. Something else that is important to get to and discuss and make sure we understand i have to take a break clock is telling me it's time for a quick time out i will oblige be back here in just a minute welcome back my friends just going through a list of things that the Democrats are unleashing upon this nation in an attempt to, well, steal our democracy, I guess is how I would describe that. That's what they're trying to do. Again, through packing the court, we talked about D.C. statehood. The filibuster is another, I guess, issue here. Look, there's nothing written in stone that says that the filibuster has to be in place. That is a Senate rule. And this comes up, you'll notice, every time Democrats get power, this issue comes up. And that is because the filibuster basically is basically a rule that is in place. Um, major- look, the majority still rules the Senate. 50, 50 votes plus the, well, 51 votes. If you sometimes a 50 50 split, the, the VP can cast the tie breaking vote. Turns out Sarah Palin was right. Turns out that she was right, and in fact, the um, senator or the vice president cast tie-breaking votes in the Senate. But if they get 51 votes in the Senate, anything can get done. But what the filibuster is is a rule that says to end debate, to end debate on an issue, and send it to a vote, you have to have 60 votes, three fifths vote. Now, this rule has changed over time as well. At one point in time, it was, I think, two-thirds of those 
members active in voting or something like that, present in voting, I should say. So it's changed a little bit, but but basically what it's now being used as is a tool to say if there's something that we don't want to see voted for, we only need 41 senators to say we don't want to end debate. And so that is then used as a tool. And I look, I've... I have my problems and questions with this, but what I also have a problem with are the is the media, the de- deceivers, professional deceivers in the media, who want you to suddenly realize they don't talk about the filibuster being removed it, uh, when Republicans are in power. In fact, the filibuster is hailed as this great tool that makes sure that Americans uh, in, in the minority, their voices are heard when Republicans are in power. But as soon as that's not the case, they start talking about this and all the pointed, uh, pointy-headed liberals, all the intellectual types begin stroking their chins and telling us, well, maybe, maybe this is the correct thing to do. This is saving our democracy, and this must be considered by the American people and by our Congress. Well, the thing is, the thing is, um, it is the only thing at this particular point standing between us and some of these radical radical ideas. I haven't even mentioned gun control, assault weapons bans, all these sorts of things are also waiting in the wings. Reparations I've touched on. Everything is designed for permanence of power and radical ideology being implemented. Gotta take a time. I just out of time. Back here in just a minute. That is about all the time that we have for this busy, busy broadcast week. I want to say, too, in closing here that I've had the opportunity to hear from listeners out there who message me, send me emails and so forth. And I've had the privilege of, for our Support Our Advertisers campaign, of speaking with some of our advertisers. We're going to post those interviews on our Support Our Advertisers page here in the not-too-distant future. But I just want to tell you I am fortunate and blessed to have – You as listeners and the advertisers we have as advertising partners, I am incredible people, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. SDG. See you soon. Take care.